You're at the right place. Right place. At the right time. You found the number one podcast. Number one podcast. That entertains that space between your ears. We invite you to relax, pull up a chair, and get ready to take a trip to the vacation kingdom of the world. So grab your magic bands and your Mickey ears because it's time for another episode of the Mousecapades Podcast. Hi, this is Marcos over at Star Tours. I don't listen to podcasts often, but when I do, I listen to Mousecapades. Last Harry Potter book, I cried twice. We are both elementary school teachers. So stop being a jerk and do your homework. <laughs> Two brave men and women's field. This is Brian Collins. I'm a uh, former Walt Disney Imagineer, and you're listening to the most wonderful podcast to hit the airwaves, Mousecapades. This is Christelle Seho from PlanningTheMagic.net, and I'm so excited to share with you guys more information and just have a great conversation with Nick here. Yeah, today's discussion is going to be uh, your website in conjunction with the first book that you authored, Disney Vacation Planner. Right, yeah, and that that one was more, um, you know, I am planning my first Disney vacation. What, what do I do? Where do I even start? And I got to say, you know, for, for our listeners that are new to the Mousecapades podcast, and, you know, they haven't listened to some other podcasts that you've been on, Christelle. What what made you write this book? Let's dive right in. So what inspired you again? Just tell listeners one more time. What inspired you to start writing these books? You have written two and all and started a website, PlanningTheMagic.net. What got you interested in doing this? Sure. So there was a couple, there's, there was like a whole bunch of things fueling me. Um, obviously, number one, first and foremost, is my intense obsession and love for Disney. Um, and kind of like the family members, family members, family memories that it brings um, to people. That was number one. Number two was my my first solo trip with my little sister and kind of having, excuse me, to plan that on my own. Um, so that was that was number two. And then number three was all of the questions I was getting from family members. I actually have this very specific family member. Um, she has a six-year-old daughter, and they have never been to Disney World. Um, and so she's always like, so where do I start? So that's how the, the Vacation Planner was actually the first book I created. Um, I created her with it with her in mind. Um, and then I realized that I had so much knowledge in like going to Disney on a budget um, and that all of the information that I had wasn't really out there. So that's when I created the Disney on a Budget ebook. And you've done a wonderful job, you know, for anyone, no matter how much studying or pre-planning you do before you go. Going to Disney nowadays in the 21st century is like baptism by fire. So no matter how much research, and that's just my own opinion, you know, for the first timer, you could read these books, but until you experience it the first time, you know what I'm saying? Now, you can read books like yours, you know, um, Disney on a Budget and Disney Vacation Planner and gain that you know, that information, that needed information and kind of ease the pain, you know, because honestly, let, let's face it, there really isn't spontaneity uh, with, <laughs> no. with Disney vacations anymore. It's not like you can just get up and go and say, hey, let's go to Disney World this month, you know, and then just go. You're going to have a rough time. And, and if you have kids, you're going to have a lot of crying children. So you've done a great job. You start off in the book, if you don't mind. Can I can I give a little bit of details? Is, is that all right? Can we can we talk about it? I don't want to give it all away. No, but yeah, I want of course. To highlight some things here. So, you you start us off with the uh, preliminary, and you basically say, 
You have to decide when you're going and how long you're staying. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So um, I know I remember saying, so where do I start this off? You know, what's the first thing you have to figure out? Um, and that's what it is. Like, when are you going to go and how, how long are you going to stay? That obviously opens so many other doors, but it's, it's the right place to start. And, you know, for me as a teacher, there's really only a few times that I can go and I'm too cheap to fly. So <laughs> first off, I don't like to fly. I had a horrible experience landing in the Azor Islands one time. Uh, We're oh going to have gosh. to talk about that. <laughs> it was insane flying in sideways, blowing a tire, had to switch out planes. So I like have a fear of flying in commercial airliners and I'll fly in military craft all day long. But so get back to my point. I digress. <laughs> so I can only go during certain months of the year. And so for me, it's really just June. It's mid-June. I drive down there because I'm too cheap to fly. And what do you get stuck with? You've heard me on the podcast before. We were talking about this beforehand. I'm going to have a group of these individuals coming in to talk to me uh, on the show. And I'm talking about cheerleaders. For me, it's uh, like... Thumb, thumb, thumb. Yeah, for me, it's like uh, nails on a chalkboard when I go down there and I'm face-to-face with them. There's the chanting. It's cool. It's cool that they're... You know, they're energetic. It's all about teamwork. But they're cheering all over the place. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm being negative Ned, but they take up a lot of room, a lot of space, and they're overwhelming and overpowering. Exactly. I mean, by the way, I haven't heard negative Ned before. Negative Nancy I've heard, but that's a good one. The male version, I guess, you know. So anyway, <laughs> yeah. so you definitely have to plan when you're going because you don't want to go during peak season of when the cheerleaders are going to be out there. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but exactly. so, so yeah, there's different points in, in the in the calendar year which you have highlighted beautifully in your book, and you actually with that in conjunction with that you have a crowd meter chart that you've provided in the book as well. And there's a lot of good information there, but you also have to determine well how long are you going to stay because that's going to determine how much you spend, right? Exactly. You know, like where. I mean, I was actually talking to so it's it's my aunt Evelyn, um, and she has a daughter, six year old daughter Samantha. Hi, Evelyn. And- <laughs> I'm actually going to tell her to listen to this. And so she was like, you know, we just want to do the parks. We're just going to do the parks every day. And I'm like, no, you're not. You're going to do the park one day and you're going to realize it was a terrible mistake. And you have to, like, think about it more. You have to, you know, take rest days. And it, it's just so much to talk about until and, you know, to plan, basically. Is this the one that just wanted to go on the spur of the moment? Um, or was that – I'm getting you confused with – I'm getting your aunt confused with someone else, I guess. No, that was me. I was oh, that was you. Okay. Yeah, that wanted to go, like, totally spur of the moment. And yeah, Thursday night, got out of work, was like, should I go now? Yeah, and I was like, do it! You know, go against everything, you know, we tell ourselves not to do. Because that would be, that's a different type of trip. That's a yeah. different type of trip. Just go on the spur of the moment if you know it's spur of the moment and you're not going to really get the reservations and stuff like that. You have to have that in mind. But, like, like your aunt, though... Planning, first time. To, what's up? Yeah, first time wanting to plan that vacation. Right. With on the spur of the moment, you can't do yeah. it, Evelyn. I'm sorry, you can't do it. You, you got to yeah. listen to Christelle um, <laughs> and, and read some of her books. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, I do have to. I haven't actually sent her um, the planner, which is weird, but I probably should. Yeah, it's a great read. Um, so then we go into travel in your book, and I've right. kind of already told you, hey, I hate to fly, so I'll drive. <laughs> I know I got to get over that. You drive as well. You're coming from Jersey, right? And you make yeah. that, you make that long trip. For me, it's about 16 hours door to door. How about for you? 
Same, about same. Fifteen and change, but sixteen really when when you like are stopping and stuff. Now the trick to that though, you know, for me it's it's a long trip because I have I only have one child, but sometimes I feel like I have more. Um, <laughs> and that's not because my dad's in the car. Uh, God bless you, Dad, if you're listening. But um, so my my kiddo can be loud enough where you think it's multiple, but it can get kind of hectic in the car, which makes it seem like it's much longer. But, yeah, but yeah. your trip though. Tell the listeners what you what you do. I mean, we've talked about this already, but with your friends. Yeah, so I mean, it depends. Um, what's funny is that I feel like you, so you go on a plane, you bring your check luggage, and you're there, and you figure it out with the check checked luggage. Somehow, when you go in a car, you're bringing your whole house with you. I don't know how it happens that the car gets so packed. Um, and there's all this stuff. I have a Ford Escape, so it's kind of like a, an, an SUV. Um, so we just get in the car. I, I'm, a, I'm an okay driver, especially when I can hit cruise control. I can be at the wheel for a very long time without stopping. I want to say my cap is probably like five hours um, before I have to stop. And I'm okay to do that again and again as long as I'm getting about an hour and a half rest in between. So I've had it where I am technically like the only one comfortable driving long distance. So I'll have friends with me, but you know, they're like, okay, I can drive like an hour and a half, two hours. And then I'm like, I'm, I'm done. Um, but I've been driving for so long. You know, I have friends from New York city who are fairly new to driving, um, that I'm like, okay, just put me at the wheel. I'll cruise control. I'll listen to some podcasts. I'm controlling the radio. I'm singing. Um, so that's kind of what we do. It depends I like driving at night. I like leaving at night to get there in the morning. Number one, because I don't hit any traffic at night. Um, and it's just a lot more peaceful when I do it at night. And then you're there at the, in the morning. You can take like a quick nap and then you're ready to go in the afternoon. Holy cow. So you're an all nighter. Yeah. I, I really, I do. I'm, I'm serious. I do prefer that as long as I, so if I like, if I leave after work, what I'll do is um, obviously I'll make sure to get a good night's rest before that go to work for the day. I'll come home, make, maybe take like a two, three hour nap. I'll let myself nap until I wake up. So maybe like two and a half hours, three hours, and then I'll get in the car and I'll go. Dude, I would seriously have to have an IV hookup uh, <laughs> with Mountain Dew in the, in the in the pouches, like for caffeine all night long. Exactly. That's, that's crazy. You know, Dave, uh, who's on the show every now and then, uh, he was on uh, with me for a good solid year. He has a buddy who does that, who just drives all night long, straight through 16 hours on his own. And goes to the park all day long. I don't know Wait, how the man. Own? Yes, I don't know how no the way. man does it. Yeah, he'll drive all night long, That's all magic. morning, and then hit the parks. Oh my I, god! I don't get it. I he, no the, the man's a machine. You know, for yeah. me, when you're driving down, the worst part for me is when if you're traveling with people or a group of people, that one person that has to use the restroom, even the though you just stopped. Yeah, like, are you serious? Stop drinking water. Take the water from her. <laughs> right. So, like, this vacation that or this June when I'm heading down with my son and my father and my, and my nephew, I, I already told my dad because he has to stop, like, every 15 minutes. It's And, I, and that's not an exaggeration. I'm like, you are not drinking any oh, water. No. You will pass out first from the heat before you drink water because <laughs> we'll stop every 15 minutes. Now, I will say in his defense, though, like, if I'm not driving, I have to drive, Christelle, because if I'm not driving, that's me. I have to stop yeah. like every 30 minutes or 45 minutes. But if I'm driving, my focus is completely on something else and I forget right. all about it. But I don't, uh, ho- hopefully I know you well enough to talk about that now and, and my, and my listeners as well. So anywho, moving <laughs> on. So, uh, as you go on through the book, you basically, you get there, you start talking about Disney world tickets. What are your yes. options? Yeah. I mean, 
that's and and I mean I talk about this I want to say so in in the planner I talk about like where you can get them you know the options the park hopper the water park and fun um I talk about how many days like to dedicate to each park but I mean with Disney World tickets you want to get them from reputable reputable sources every time you want to get them from Disney World undercover tourists um, I know there's other like Park Saver, other um, like authorized dealers out there. You don't want to get it from the little kiosk next to the Rinky Dink Hotel um, on on 171 in Orlando. You know, you want to get them from reputable places, and it's just it really isn't. You're gonna have you're going to most likely pay full price for tickets. Yeah, you know the worst worst case is you get there, and when you do buy them from the Rinky Dinky, they scan them, and they're fake tickets. You right. Know? Which I've actually seen happen once. Wow. Uh, only once, yeah. Um, I actually, I have a family member um, who said that he had done that like back in the late 90s, early 2000s. What, bought, the, bought the tickets or sold the tickets? Bought them. So okay. we bought them from like one of those, it really cheap and it worked. Um, but I don't know, you know, now with the fingerprinting and stuff, I feel like people s- still do it. I just don't know how, and I wouldn't risk it. Oh heck no, not today, man. You just gotta, you just gotta go legit. Yeah, um, that's one thing. Like you can, you can cut everything else except that. What's your favorite food plan? Food plan. Hmm. I like to eat breakfast on the go. Same here. I love to. Okay, I, I for you've been to Florida, obviously. The sun in the afternoon is killer. Um, I like to leave the park in the afternoon, so I'll be there when the rope drops. I'm going in. I have a touring plan. I'm doing it a specific way. I'm walking a lot, and then 12 o'clock hits. It's like I can feel it because I start feeling the sun making me very sleepy. Right. Um, and I go back to the room. You know, whether we have stuff in the room to eat or maybe we'll order pizza, and we'll go to the pool and we'll lounge around. And that, and then at like four ish. We'll head back to the park and we'll finish the night out until like 11 o'clock or whatever time they close. That works very well, you know, for you, especially when you don't have kids. You know, I've often thought about doing that because – and I thought about doing that this year, taking a little break, especially for my father because um, you know, I'm concerned about him this this trip, you know, with, with his health issues and stuff like that. Right. But even for my kid's sake, you know, so he doesn't have that midday meltdown. Oh my god, but, it's terrible. Oh, it is, and I know, Christelle, you've seen it, and I've seen it, and I've always said, if you want to test your relationship with your spouse and children, go ahead and take them to Disney World, because they, <laughs> everyone has a midday meltdown, even yeah. myself. Yeah. Um, I, and I got one for you, if, if you don't mind if I digress, digress here, oh, yeah. and hopefully the listeners don't think different of me. This is the first time I think I'm actually talking about this on the podcast, you know, I, I've told uh, I told Dave and, uh, and Vicky I would at some point talk about it, and it's been over a year, and I still haven't. So here you go. Here, here's a confession. I have, you know, being a teacher, Christelle, I have, I like to think that I have all the patience in the world, and and I and I truly do. You know, these kids that I teach, um, all of them through the years have taught me that I can have even more patience than I thought I had, except right. when it comes to my own child. That's <laughs> kind of weird. Um, I guess I just expect a heck of a lot more. So, anywho, by like the third day, no matter who you are, standing in those lines. You get kind of testy, right? I mean, you're, yeah. you, like you said, the afternoon sun. If this is by the third day and you've been, and for me, I'm going like 15, 16 hours in the park every day. Right. I'm just oh going hardcore. So I think it actually was the third day. We're in the Magic Kingdom, Tomorrowland. Just got out of uh, Space Ranger Spin. Um, mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Uh, there in Tomorrowland. 
and Buzz Lightyear is out there at a character meet and greet. And so there's a big long line. Colin wants to meet Buzz. So we, we stand in line. And Christelle, the line didn't move for 25 minutes. Oh, like man. the same family was up there getting pictures taken. <sighs> and the, Buzz would leave. And then he'd come back, and it'd be the same kid and the same family. And we're like, what, no is, way. what is going on? Right. And we were like, what is going on? Um, and there's no sign out at all saying, you know, if this was a private meet and greet or anything. Some of the parents, you know, start, or adults start saying, you know, what's going on? You know, getting a little louder, getting a little restless. Right. I did something that is completely out of character. Like, this is not me whatsoever. The worst got me, okay? And, um... So I just kind of shouted, "Hey, Buzz, we want our picture too!" Oh, that's not bad. I was preparing for the worst. Oh, yeah, but that's not me, Christelle. Like, and it wasn't like my body language and my tone didn't make it worse than, or didn't make it what you think it is. It was just I, I said it just like that. Like, "Hey, Buzz, we want pictures too." Right. And um, so my tone didn't come across negative. My body language did not come across negative. Instantly, the parents look at me and then look up. And we're talking, this is probably about 30, 40 yards away. And loud enough, though, that I could hear it. So I said it pretty loud, especially there in front of everyone. Because <laughs> it's already the loud to begin line. with. Right. Everyone stops and stares at me. And some other parents say, yeah, Buzz, you know, like join in. <laughs> well, Buzz's handler comes down and says, uh, please be patient. We're dealing with a Make-A-Wish Foundation for this child uh, who has cancer and he's dying and he's getting his pictures taken with with his family. So the handler made me feel utterly small and the most disgusting person in the world. He really did. And I, like, was almost in tears because, first off, I couldn't believe I said that because that's not me. Right. And secondly, I'm thinking... Oh my gosh, this is just a child. You know, like, I wanted to leave the... I wanted to throw up. I wanted to leave the park. I yeah. just wanted to go home. I said a prayer right then and there. Like, I, I, I was so, felt so awful with myself. But then, like, some of the other adults turned around and said, You know what, though? It's alright. They don't even have a sign out saying what it is. They're not right, explaining... Right, you didn't know. Right, they're not explaining themselves. It's okay. And so... But I felt awful. I, 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 and then when I was down, who comes down the way while I'm down and out just to kick me while I'm down? Buzz. Dude, he comes all the way down to me, points at me, and then points his two fingers at his eyes like I have my eyes on you. Right. And then walks off. Oh, so, man. like that, Buzz. he did that, and that, and that character, that cast member did that on purpose. Right. To single me out. Right. Oh, so, man. we left. I told Aaron, I was like, you know what, we're getting out of here. So right. we left. I think we went to the cafe right there. And I even told my wife, I was like, I even like took off my hat. I swapped out t-shirts that was in my backpack because I <laughs> did not want to be recognized. And I wanted to go home. Like I wanted to go back to the uh, hotel room. But all night long and for that rest of that week, Christelle, like all I did was pray, 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 pray for that family and that child. Right. And, and for me to have a, you know, a better understanding and not get so angry. Uh, you know, just when you're in the heat of the moment and the heat's on you and you're three days in and your kids right. already had a midday meltdown a couple days in a row, it all gets to you. Now, it's a very long winded story. 
a right. long story that I made it longer. But uh, it was a good story. Yeah, so that's the first time I've even opened up on the podcast to tell anyone that story because I've I've held that near and dear to me because uh, I still feel awful to this day because I don't know if that child's still living, you know, yeah. I don't know if he's still around, and you know, I put myself in in their shoes. If that was my child and we were getting a, a photo shoot, that's the last thing I wanted, you know, adults shouting out and stuff like that. But at the same time, they could have done that in a private room. They could have taken them inside. They should have had a sign out. There's, so there was just so many things that could have happened. Right. So anyway, yeah. I digress. So switching gears, though. So let's talk <laughs> about let's talk about spending. We're kind of I'm sorry. I got I got ADD. So let's talk about spending here in, in your book. One thing that I found fascinating, you were saying, one thing that I loved, probably my favorite uh, quote from your book, if I could quote it here, and the yeah, whole entire sure. book is, remember it is better to overestimate and come home with money left in the budget than to underestimate. Right. And that is yeah. so true. That's probably my favorite takeaway out of the whole entire book. The one thing that I can, you know, that I, I'll tell people. It's way better to overestimate than it is to underestimate, especially with the Disney vacation. So that's one takeaway, listeners, that you should take. But you talk about spending and how much, the, I, I guess this is your opinion. I don't know if you found this data somewhere, but about $45 per day. Uh, is that is that the average sum that you kind of uh, found during your research as far as each person spending each day at the parks? Right. And obviously that depends, um, on like the age of the person and, and like your goals with the trip. But I think that's a safe, um, amount. I mean, even like, like I said, like you, you estimate that amount and then you come home with money. Great. Um, but I, I've easily spent more than that myself easily. And, you know, I took, when I took my, um, my little sister and she was like uh, right on the, the crisp of the crisp of that like it, it just really depends it little kids probably won't spend that much because you can keep telling them no or you can give them like a gift card or disney dollars um but i feel like the older you get which is which i might be wrong you spend more but i think 300 you know and 15 for like a seven day trip is like a safe amount agree yeah I, I gotta agree with you um later in the book you also talk about resources and one resource that i really love that you mentioned that is kind of like uh uh, I don't know, not underestimated, but you don't hear a lot of people talk about this website and I'm absolutely in love with this website and all the stuff that this lady like presents on her podcast and stuff like that. Right. And that's the WDW prep school. Oh man. Oh my yeah. gosh. She is so informative. Yeah. Like how does she know all this? I've always wondered, like, how does she, she know? She's got some great stuff. And, yeah. Uh, it's always like, like real time. You know, like, it's like, it's like, yeah, it's up to date. It's crazy. How crazy sick on how up to date she is. But you also, you also list off like, uh, undercover, uh, undercover tourists, you know, mouse savers and stuff like that. But I really loved how you put in the, the WW, or excuse me, the WDW prep school. Uh, yeah, if you haven't been something. over that site, go ahead and look it up, dude. She's got some great stuff. And also at the end of the, end of the book, you know, you have all these awesome checklists and expense forms and just like, Various things that people like my father who loves to create checklists and cross things off and make, you know, check things off just so in his brain he's accomplished, you know, <laughs> A, B, and C. You ha you provide that stuff uh, for the reader as well. So just a really great overview of, you know, planning that di that Disney vacation magic. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, with the, with the book, I tried to make it as, like, 
not fun, but like an easy read. So, you know, I would say you're here, um, you're doing this. If you feel like you need to do this, go ahead and put it on the checklist so that you know you, you have to come back to it. Like just kind of finding the easiest way to go through that process. Because it, it's so I feel like it's so hard to plan a Disney vacation like the first time. And how many times have you been uh, to Disney oh, World? Oh, my God. Um, as an adult? Uh, uh, yeah, well, across the board. Okay, so across the board, um, like my entire life, probably like 19 um, times. Since, let's say, since 15 years old, that would probably be like eight times. Um, since 20 years old, that would probably be like five or six times. Okay, and you're also a DVC member, which yes. I'm ordering my free DVD, by the way. I just got my notification in the mail, I guess. Oh, I'm so excited for you. They keep track how many times you go, and I guess I hit that magic number or something like that. And they're like, hey, you've, you you spend so much money with us. How about you spend more? Yeah. And so anyhow, exactly. I'm going to send off for that. Um, what is your favorite then? You've been, you've been quite a bit. You, you yes. have some stock in the DVC club. Um, yes. What's your favorite resort? Oh, man. Okay. Um, I'm going to say... Um, I'm going... Ha, this is so hard. I, I think it depends what type of vacation I'm trying to have. Um, but just general, I'm going, going to say Saratoga. Okay. Why Saratoga? Okay. So uh, there's so many reasons. So uh, Saratoga is really big. They have a lot of like really pretty things. Um, it's, it's beautiful. It kind of feels like a, like a vacation. It's just, it's, it's a beautiful, like the way they have it, like Saratoga Springs, New York. Um, they have, you know, the water taxi, they have the buses. They're really, really close. I'm sure, you know, to Disney Springs, you can walk there from most of Saratoga, um, they have like a bridge right to Disney Springs. Um, I love the, the artisan, I believe it said, which is the food place there. I, th I think the breakfast from there is phenomenal. Um, they just have, I feel like they're the right mix of things. When you asked me, I was kind of like toying with like Bay Lake Tower and Saratoga or Grand Floridian. But I think, you know, Bay Lake Tower is great for Magic Kingdom. So is Grand Floridian. But Saratoga kind of like is right in the middle and encompasses it all. And where do you have your, I guess, your room for the DVC club? Where did you buy it? What did you buy into? My home resort is Old Key West. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, for me, okay, so have you ever been to All-Star All -Star Sports by any chance? Not the sports one, no. Okay. Is You've that your favorite? It, but you, no, no. You've been to an All-Star. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm going there for the first time this summer. And okay. I, and I've only known stories of people who have stayed there. And my fear is, you know, obviously the, the sports big... groups. Well, yes, exactly. And I know it's great for kids and stuff like that, but I've never stayed at that resort or any of the all-star res resorts. For me, it's always been art of animation um, with my kid. We always get a family suite. So like this time we're actually going to branch out, do something different. We're trying to do it cheaper. Because uh, it's just going to be my father, my nephew, and my kiddo. Um, right. Wifey isn't going. Mom isn't going. Because usually we make a big family trip out of it. Only half the family is going this time. So I'm splitting uh, some of that time up with uh, going to Myrtle Beach as well. So like we're heading out to Disney World. And then I'm driving to meet up with my wife. 
who's going with her family out to Myrtle Beach. We've rented out the same beach house like the past, geez, 16, 17 years. Wow. And um, right there in Myrtle Beach, it's actually Garden City, I believe, which is right just south of Myrtle Beach. Um, but uh, I wanted to make it cheaper this time since half the family like isn't going. Right. Um, so I, I, I kind of do what to expect, but I don't. My father has stayed there. I haven't. Okay. So just what he has said. I was just curious to see if he had any info on that. Um, so when you getting back to your DVC though, real quick, what made you pick that resort, that home resort? Was it just yeah. the ones that were offered at the time, and you're like, all right, I'll take it? No. Okay. So um, DVC, I have a very, very complex history with DVC, and I actually, um, this is like we're not talking about this now, but I've created like a mini, very mini website that just tells my story of DVC. I don't like, there's nothing for sale. There's not a book. Unfortunately, that's, that would probably be easier, but it's just my story. Here's what I know to, you know, take it, do what you want with it. Don't make the same mistakes I did kind of thing. Oh, sweet. What is that? It's considering DVC.com. Okay. Yeah. So when I purchased into DVC, um, I was looking into DVC for a very long time. Um, and I was like, should I do it? I don't know. Does it make sense financially? I was crunching numbers. I was saving money. It was intense. Um, I went on the tour at Disney World. Um, and while there, I had a great, a great, great, um, I think she's called a senior vacation club guide or something like that. Um, her name was Patty Douglas and she was phenomenal. And she, I actually bought into the Disney Vacation Club at Grand Floridian. Um, so when you buy from Disney, they will tell you that the, basically the newest resorts are the ones that they have available. If you want something else, um, you have to be put on a wait list. So, uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah, so at that time it was Grand Floridian and Alani, and now it's Alani and Polynesian. Um, you can be put like they, they kind of act like it's, it's not in stock kind of thing, like the other ones. Um, so when I got back home from the vacation, I was like, this was an awful mistake. And so when you buy into Disney vacation club, there's two kind of ways to look at it. And you, you want to pick out which way you're going to look at it before you really go any further. So way number one is I'm going to buy where I get the most value for my money. Um, or way number two is I'm going to buy where I like to stay. So for people who are very specific and want to stay at Grand Floridian every time, you probably want to buy at Grand Floridian because it, it books up quickly. Um, but for someone like me where I want to try all the resorts and I don't really care where I stay because they're all really nice and they're all a nice experience. Um, I wanted to buy, you know, like the best value, like the best deal. Um, so Grand Floridian was not it. I think at that, um, at that time, it was like $160 per point. Um, and I think I got 100 points, so that was $16,000. That's a lot of money, Christelle. Yeah, and I was... Um, I, 2014... I don't know if I was 22 or 23. I'm really bad at math, but I was one of those. Um, and, I, and I was like, right out of school, I had just graduated college two months ago. Um, so, you know, I came home and I was like, no way. And you have seven days to void your contract if you buy through Disney. So that's what I did. Um, I called them. I said, what do you need me to do? They just needed me to write a letter and fax it. And that's what I did. Um, so later on, about a year later ish, um, I started, no, it was like a couple months. It was like four months. I started the process and I brought, I purchased through resale. Um, and the reason why I got Old Key West, because it was an amazing deal. Um, it was phenomenal. The 
unfortunately, uh, rest in peace, the woman's husband had died. And so she was getting, she was just kind of getting rid of it. Um, Old Key West was the first DVC resort. Um, so the members there, the owners there are, are a little bit older. So um, her husband had died. She wanted to get rid of it. I got it for $78 a point. I paid $7,800. Yeah. Um, It was a very lengthy process. You know, when you buy from Disney, you get it right then and there. Um, When you buy resale, it's super similar to like short sale, buying a house short sale. Um, Well, you heard it from Christelle. Make sure the person dies, then buy. (laughs) Some people I've heard. I mean, I've heard a whole bunch of stories. I've heard you can get them foreclosure and auction. Gosh, are you kidding me? That's like more complicated. I know nothing about that. Resale is very popular though. Um, it's just very, very long process. Now, say, see, Dave and I, we were, we were debating last year uh, to go in uh, on a DVC right. membership, and I, I don't even know if it's even possible. Could two people jointly, two families, buy into it? Um, I, I don't see why not. I mean, I own mine with my girlfriend, and we're we're not married or anything. So, okay. yeah, I don't so, see yes. why. Two adults can't be on the contract. Cause yeah, and so how would that work then, Christelle? So, okay, so do you have to pay that sixteen G's every year? No, no. Okay, so it's like so, it's just like over a few thousand, right? You have maintenance fees. You have what else? Yeah. So when you purchase, you have your cost per point, which is like, um, you're okay. So you're buying a house. You have the cost of the house. Um, so that's the cost per point. Um, you have your annual dues, which is um, a set amount per point. So let's say like $5.55 per point that you own. That's due every year, um, like maintenance, just like HOA, that kind of thing. Um, and then you have when you first purchase, you have closing costs, just like a house. Right, right. So those are the three costs that are associated with with it. The big the big cost, which is like the purchase cost, the price per point that only happens one time. Um and when you buy resale, the cool thing is you can negotiate what you want to do. So you can say, like when I did it, I said, okay, I'm going to give you full asking, but you pay closing costs. And I'll pay, I think I paid annual dues um, for that year because I got the points for that year. Sometimes people will sell resale and say, um, let's say you had DVC and you used your 2016 points already, and, but you're selling right now. You would have to disclose that. And you would have to say you would have to already pay the annual dues for this year since you did use the points. Um, but mine had the points still; they hadn't been used. Well, look how it just seems like you know from an outsider looking in, um, and that's why I'm getting the DVD because I, I want to get more information on it. It seems like it benefits on the back end than the front end. It seems like in the beginning you're spending a lot of money. Um, you said you've crunched the numbers. Now, right. for as many times you actually go. Are you are you really coming out ahead being a DVC member than okay. if you were to just show up and go on those X amount of vacations per year? Right. I mean, so this is what when you're crunching the numbers, what you have to take into consideration is that you're staying at a deluxe villa or a deluxe resort. Um, so when you're comparing, like if you say, you know, I'm going to Disney every year, I'm staying off site, it's not really going to make financial sense. Um, but it, if you're going to Disney every year and you're say, you're staying um, in a deluxe villa, maybe even in a moderate, that's when it'll start making sense. But it's it's DVC cannot be like a financial investment. It's like I'm gonna invest in my vacation. I'm I'm probably gonna break even. Um, this is an investment in comfort and family memories and emotion that kind of thing. 
Got it. So, like, someone like me who's staying at the Art of Animation, and now I'm staying at All Stars this summer, it doesn't make sense. It probably doesn't, since I can only go really in June, and that's it. Um, It does interest me, though. I would love to say, hey, I'm a DVC owner, but... uh, Boy, man, is that is that a lot of money? That's a huge investment, and that's why Dave and I were thinking about just cutting it right down the middle. So yeah. let's say Dave and I get into this, get into the you know become a member and get into DVC, split the costs right down the middle. How many times can you go per year, Christelle? Yeah, so it's it's points based. Um, it's it's a little tiny bit complicated. Well, what's nice about DVC is that there's no limit as far as when you can go, how many times you can go, where you can stay. Um, so, it, for example, Animal Kingdom Lodge, a, a value studio, studio at Animal Kingdom Lodge, might be nine points per night. Um, so if you have 100 points, you can technically stay, you know, 10 nights or so. Okay. Uh, is yeah. There a, is there a cap on how many points you could purchase? No, there's, well, okay, so if you buy through Disney, there is. Like, if you buy directly through Disney. Um, if you buy resale, there isn't. You don't have to, so for example, right now I have 100 points, which is enough for about, like, nine, like nine, eight, nine nights a year um, in a studio. Do, is it use them or lose them? You no, know, you can bank them for the next year. Okay, so what if, like, so say Dave and I uh, go half and half and we buy 100 points. Let's make, let's make the math simple. 100 points. And we use 50 of them the first year combined with his family and my family. But we sit on those 50 extra points the following year. So then we buy 100 more points or say we're at 150. Say the following year we still don't use those extra 50 points that we banked from the first year of owning. Do, is, there, is there a time? I mean, is there an expiration date on the points when you buy them? Yes. How long? Okay. Typically, so what is that? Can- a couple years? Well, so, okay, so you get, so let's say you buy a contract with 100 points. Every single year on your use year, which is basically a month, you'll get 100 points. Um, you have to, if you, let's say my use year is February. February 2016, I got 100 points. I have until September to either book a vacation or to bank them. If I bank them, I can use them next year. I believe you can only bank points one time. Um, so I would have to use... 2016 points either in 2016 or 2017 um i I don't think i can like save them to 2018 or you could sell them correct i I would assume that's why people would want to sell them as well you can rent them like rent them out okay so like when people come in a buy and they're like dude i just can't make it out one more trip they'll rent them out to people and can you rent as much as you want yeah, as much as you want. You can do that. You can do it individually. Um, there's like brokers, like uh, David's Vacation Club Rentals, that'll do it for you. So some people use it. I mean, I don't think you really. It's. I don't think it's a good investment to do it to make money. But I know some because of the annual dues. But I know some people do do that. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, you heard it from Christelle Seho, the author of Disney Vacation Planner and Planning the Magic. Uh, go visit her website at planningthemagic.net. Uh, when it comes to DVC, make sure someone dies, then buy their points, right? <laughs> I'm just, I kid, I kid, I, I'm joking. You know, that's when you get the best deals, though. It's how my wife and I bought our last car. Um, really? No, I'm just joking. Dude. The car oh. before that, yes, but not our last one. <laughs> um, so, I've heard of that too. Oh my gosh, we got the, the amazing deal on it. You know, uh, it, it's sad because all someone's lost, but they're just trying to get rid of the car. Anywho, I guess the same rules apply with vacation points, but. Uh, Thanks again for coming on our show. I really do appreciate it. I, I want to make this a weekly event with you. I, I love talking with you and 
I'm sorry that Vicky couldn't join us this evening. She'll be with us next time. Okay, thank- exciting. Yeah, thank you so much, Christelle. Yeah, um, no problem. Thank you for having me on. This is always a great time. Just full of information. And you're a trooper because you pulled in, like an all-nighter driving back from like Long Island, right? Yeah, so for, I, I drove back from Rhode Island. And Rhode Island, fun. my bad. Yeah, I was supposed to drive back this morning, but... Um, like, I had a really great day yesterday, and it was, like, 10 o'clock, and I was like, what's the point of sleeping here and then leaving in the morning? Let's just leave now. Um, so we just, you know, that we just had the flexibility, and we left now. We got here at, like, 1 o'clock in the morning, and I went to sleep in my own bed, and I woke up, and I went to work, and I was like, well, this is great. <laughs> and then you were like, hey, I got to talk on the Mouse Pays podcast. Oh, my God, yeah. And I'm, like, sitting, and, and uh, we're like, yeah, what's for dinner? And I'm like, Mouse Pays podcast is for dinner. That's what's for dinner. <laughs> Dude, I was shoving tacos down my down my face as soon as I was like, I got five minutes left. <laughs> anywho, God bless my wife. So anywho, thank you so much for coming on. Listeners, if you have a question, if you have an idea, a question, or want to share your experiences on the show, contact us, mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com. Text us, 407 674 Let me try that again. 0414. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. Simply search for Mousecapades Podcast. As always, you can find us on iTunes, Podcast Addict, and Stitcher Radio. And also follow us on our website. You can go to mousecapadespodcast.podbean.com. Have a magical day. Listening to the most prepared power pad.